Welcome back to It's Too Damn Hot 4. Um, wait, what comes after the dub edition? Hold on, I'm actually going to check this out really quick. One second. Uh, Midnight Club 4. Uh, Los Angeles. Welcome to It's Too Damn Hot 4, Los Angeles. Sorry, this is sort of an ongoing joke that we've been having with the uh, the Maximum News show these past couple of months. Because it's too damn hot. Well, at least it's, it's actually quite nice where I am here in uh, uh, Michigan. Because uh, I'm living in the states now, but uh, poor Saib, my co-host, uh, Saib Studio of the Triple S League, he's uh, baking the biscuits in uh, over in Alberta. Uh, <laughs> sorry, man. Uh, is yeah. it, how is it now? Like it's nighttime now, right? Is it cooling down? It's it's starting it's starting to cool down, but yeah, it's it's been really hot the past few days, and it's going to get. Real hot, even some more. So yeah, I was I was feeling pretty bad because we had a whole bunch of like just negative news to talk about tonight. But then a few hours before we started, a piece of positive news actually came down the pike, and it has to do with Ubisoft, uh, who, as I like to refer to from time to time, is Diet EA, quasi EA, semi EA, not quite as evil, but you know, close enough. Um, side. We shared this piece of information in our little Discord server where we shared gaming news back and forth for stuff that we talk about on the show. There was this piece of information that a lot of people picked up on. People like you shared Gold's video. I heard about this first from Young. Yeah. There was this email that Ubisoft sent out to a whole bunch of people that have purchased. It was, uh, <clears throat> it was actually uh, Legacy Killer HD who, who broke the story with oh. a tweet. Yeah, oh, okay. and I mean we've had him on the show before in the past. So oh, nice. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. It was. This was huge. It definitely blew up in somebody's face. Yes, but uh, so well, I'll give you the original context for people that it, I'd be surprised if you guys haven't heard about this. But just in case, there was this tweet that went out. I guess from Legacy Killer. Uh, this article that I'm looking at right now this is a. It's coming from somebody named PC Enjoyer, whoever that is. There is this email that went out from Ubisoft saying that anybody who hadn't used, who doesn't log into their Ubisoft over the course of 30 days will lose their account, including all the games that they bought on their account. So that way, I don't know, Ubisoft can clear up server space so that they're not being overloaded with all the games that they're supporting. And, you know naturally uh, a lot of people were pretty pissed off because a game codex like a a simple codex entry of what games are owned by what people i mean we're talking like i mean if you want to make it like really small like you know it's just a it's just a dot text file with like you know with the username uh you know some some data entry on like when the account was created where what ip created it you know basic stuff like that and then, um, and then you know, uh, the games of what they have, you know, broken down into like, you know, that those those long like code, you know, like, you know, that long code entry of like, you know, twenty four or forty eight letters or something like that, you know, of like mixed letters and capitalization and and you know, it's things that you should basically make it look like your password essentially, you know, that we're talking. I mean, we're talking a lot of space, Max. I mean, we're talking like. You know, a, a big client might have like hundreds of games, right? Well, actually, it's Ubisoft, so they might have dozens of. Okay, no, it is Ubisoft, so they might have a dozen games on their account, yeah. which means that I mean, we're talking like this is at least like 
12 to, to 20 kilobytes. Like, you know, kilobytes, man, kilobytes. You, kilobytes is, is like if you get like billions of those together, you're, you're getting close to a gig of data. Yeah. It's like, you know, a, a gig. I mean, they're a small company. They can't handle holding on to all this information, a gig of data. I mean, they're not, you know, SpaceX with these terabyte fancy drives in their spaceships i mean yeah. that's crazy it, talk it's really tough living in 1995 like just, oh, oh wait sorry, a minute 29 <laughs> <laughs> right I, re- I remember talking to a tech guy who did he did a speech in which he's like when we first started i bought a a hard drive that had four megabytes of data on it four megabytes of data and I paid, it was like $55,000 for that drive. This was like way early, obviously, in, yeah. in the gaming years. But I mean, even then, that could, they could probably, yeah, like. You paid 55 grand? Yeah, well, this was like, this was like, I want to say the 70s, but I think it might be wrong on that. Might might have been like early early 80s. No, late 70s, maybe. It was it was something that was quite groundbreaking at the time. At the at the time that he bought that, no other company in that city had that had a server with that much hard drive space on it. Not even the university. So that that was like that was like a thing that was like groundbreaking, you know, computer technology at the time. Yeah, there um, was a time. Yeah, there was a time. Yeah, but yeah, this this is just. I mean, it's insane. To think that when you look at somebody like Steam, they don't have an issue with this. Well, I have hundreds of games on my account. There's no, there's nobody bitching at me, telling me, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta delete. Per- we gotta del- permanently delete a bunch of these games so it just frees up server space." Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's not. I, I don't think it's like if. Yeah, it, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm curious as to how big a company like Ubisoft is in comparison to a, a company like Steam, uh, and how like how they uh, sort out their service space. But obviously, it's not data that we're going to be privy to. But anyways, the whole point is that if this going on the assumption that the story was true, and it seemed like it was true, everybody was talking about it. Uh, it was ridiculous. Because why are you not supporting your server? But anyways, we found out just a few hours before doing the show that the context in which this information was originally provided was not true. The email was real, but everybody believed that in the email that Ubisoft sent out that people who had not logged into their accounts in over the course of 30 days that had games on that account would have their account deleted. But that wasn't true, Side. I'm reading this article from IGN, and I'm going to quote directly. Ubisoft clarified its stance on account deletions. The publisher confirmed it has for many years now deleted inactive accounts in accordance with the EU's General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR in parentheses on how long companies are permitted to store individual personal information. The company claims its policies are aligned with legal requirements and with the standards of the industry, and that they also serve as fraud prevention. However, 
Ubisoft also clarified its criteria for account deletion, noting that it absolutely does not include accounts that have purchased games attached to them. So, a non-troversy. And further proof that what the Patriot AI were predicting in Metal Gear Solid 2 is increasingly coming to pass. Like, like, I'd be surprised if anybody was uh, arguing against that right now. Just the the worlds that we're in right now where we're drowning in misinformation and disinformation. But this is a, a clear example of it. Everybody jumping on it. And I get it because Ubisoft sucks. And we just want to keep reminding people in any way that we possibly can that Ubisoft sucks. But in this case, you... You got to prioritize the truth over everything. Uh, at least that's what we try to do here, and it wasn't true. So, and I fell for it, and Side fell for it, but thankfully we were able to uh, be proven wrong before we broadcasted about it today. Yeah, mm-hmm. Side, any uh, <laughs> any thoughts on this? The communication on this was terrible. Yes, yes, that like, is absolutely, true. Absolutely, absolutely terrible. And I mean, again, it's like. It's like they, I, I, I do, I like, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I, if I do believe them because anytime that these big corporations come out, say something so often we find out later on, and I'm not saying that's the case here, but just in general, it's like sooner or later, um, you find out that's, that's in some of these stories, some of the companies they say, oh, no, what we're doing was actually this, and what they were actually doing the whole time was what was showcased, because that's just how these companies work. And, I mean, we have a great example in this in our second story, which is about Diablo 4, because you can't make this stuff up. This is, like, this is absolutely insane. So, um, Max, we're, we're playing Diablo 4. Now, we haven't played Diablo 4. I think we both got give the the free beta weekend to try but yeah. we weren't impressed enough to actually buy it um but uh yeah so uh say we're playing diablo 4 and say you and i come into the same area mm-hmm. you've been grinding i've been grinding i have um you know all of my stash tabs are absolutely full with items absolutely a ton of them and i have one item that i think you would actually really like and i'm going to give you this item you have found an item that you think I might like, and you're going to give me that item. Now, in, in the world of game development, this presents a, a small problem in that how many of the items in my stash tab should be preloaded into your UI while you're playing the game uh, before we make the trade? Should it be the entirety of my stash tabs, all of my inventory, and every single item that I've collected, and every single gem that I've stockpiled, and every other um, like unlock that I've completed, should should we load all of that into your system, or do you think maybe we should start with like like where how small do you think we should start on that? Do you think? No idea. Like as as a, as a developer, um, yeah, you 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 don't have too much experience with with hands on development, but I will say that the intelligent developer would say none because that's insane. That's crazy. That's stupid. Why, why would you preload every single item in somebody else's inventory just because you're in the same like space as they are? Like 
they're not going to be able to equip all those items. They're not going to be able to like dump all those items into a trade window for yeah, you. So what's the point? Like, like what's the point of that? that? That's insane. But you have to remember, this is this is ABK we're dealing with. <laughs> you know, uh, Blizzard King, right? And the reason why players can't get any more stash tabs or space is because yes, when you're on a server and there's like ten other people in your general vicinity you have, in fact, loaded every single item that they have collected. What? And everything that they've done to all of those items. All the enchants, all the buffs, all the upgrades, all, everything. The detail and history has been completely loaded into your video game memory so that you could look at any of their pieces at any moment without having to load that item for, like, you know, a nanosecond. Because... You know, that's apparently a solution to a problem that they had. Because apparently everybody's operating on 64 gigabytes of RAM on a, a SpaceX computer, to use your example before. Oh, my God. So are you serious? Like, this is like we've this is what we've been suspecting for the longest time when it comes to the competence of these game developers. How can you be so stupid to do Sorry. So it, it this this was this was shocking in the sense of like this is the most difficult way possible to solve a, a problem. And the answer came actually it's not the most it's not the, the it's not that. It's not that they took the uh you know that path. It's that this was the cheapest way to solve the problem. Right. So it wasn't about coming up with an intelligent solution to a problem. It was about coming up with a the the fastest, cheapest solution to a problem was to just load everybody's inventory immediately upon getting into the same general vicinity of everybody else. And that by doing that, you would slow down the processes of basically everybody involved and you would make the, the game just run like garbage. But because you're already running it on garbage servers... Uh, you know that just compounds the problem and makes it so that you're you're basically unable to play. Which which brings us in. Why do they do this? And there's actually there's actually a reason. It's in it's the MVP. The MVP. Yes, you the. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Sorry, that's not you. The MVP. It's them doing the MVP. And we go. What do you mean by MVP? You know, most valuable player or, or person. Uh, no, actually, it's called the minimum viable product. Right. And this is something that Blizzard has done and Activision has done ever since Bobby Kotick really, really sunk his teeth into everything. No. Overwatch they 2? Have... Come on. That's a fully, you know, complete game with PV yep. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that, that you know, was promised, everything that, that's that's there. Um, and it's not, again, this isn't just them. And this really ties into the conversation we had last week about the whole Baldur's Gate thing. Um. And that is that there are studios who go, we want to make a racing game. What do we need to add in the racing game? Well, these are all the things that we need to add in the racing game. A to, you know, list from A to Z. And the company goes in and they go, okay, knock out absolutely everything that's not bare minimum absolutely required and bring down the tech, the processes, and everything that we're putting into the game to the absolute bare minimum viable product and then ship that as a thing don't put love don't put 
effort. Don't put, for heaven's sakes, whatever you do, don't put money into making this product. Because we're not about, you know, uh, making a product that lasts or making a product that's good. We're about making that fast food meal that the meat tastes a little off and you're pretty sure they're using dog food grade beef to make the burger, which is not good beef. I will, I will promise you that. I have, I have had one of those burgers before, and to say that it was one of the most disgusting things I have ever eaten it, it is, is an understatement. Ugh. Yeah, I, I was served food that wasn't fit for human consumption. It was designated only as a waste product for, for dogs, basically. Dogs and pigs. <laughs> and it was one of the, the place got closed down, and yeah. this got found out. It was disgusting. They were they were putting in just the worst of the worst into their products and making just something that was barely functionable and then charging as much as they possibly could to get away with it. And this is what I feel is is coming to a head here with, with ABK and this right on the heels of them being sold off to, to Microsoft. So you hope something like this, you hope that this is going to change. You hope that the people that are in charge that have been making these decisions for a really long time get the solid boot out the door. And I think what we've seen with uh, with Bethesda is kind of leaning in this direction because with Fallout 76, again, I would say that that was a, a minimum viable product. They were basically told, get this out the door. It was originally supposed to just be a, a free DLC, four-person co-op, for an ex- an extension expansion onto uh, onto Fallout 4, there was Steam data that that rec- that showed this. There was a whole bunch of data. It all got reversed, and Zenimax, the lead company run by a board, basically said, "Make this and make this in the form of live service so that we can sell you know microtransactions nonstop." And they said, "Do it, do it now!" Period, period, period! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! And they did it, and it was garbage, obviously. It's a lot better now, uh, many, many, many years later. But the thing to note with that is that the board was basically fired. I mean, they weren't fired. They were bought out and shown the door and said, please leave. You're not wanted here anymore. And the company uh, that was that side of that company, now there's multiple ZeniMax Studios. Um, There's ones that make games, and then this one was just an oversight company with a bunch of secretaries and about a lot of board members um and that they were all shown the door told you know goodbye we don't need you anymore and the games as we can see with starfield have started to get better now obviously red red uh redfall was a disaster but that was a disaster that was again it was initially originally kicked off by the the board on zenimax demanding that you know this live service vampire thing be made because vampires are in right now or at least they thought it was because they were apparently watching twilight with their niece or their great grandniece sometime and they were like oh <laughs> vampires back again i remember seeing them in vaudeville it was amazing for those of you who don't get that vaudeville was a, a thing before movies and radio it, it's it that's the thing that we're facing from these big old corporate boards who don't really know what they're doing who don't really care about the product who just want a way of making as much money as they can and then taking as much money out of the system when it's when it's put in. So when you do have a successful game like you know like World of Warcraft or 
or uh, Diablo 1 and 2 mm-hmm. that made Blizzard just mountains and mountains of money, how much of that money went back to be reinvested into the product, to be reinvested into the staff? Basically, none of it. It was all shipped off to the very hungry, hungry, hungry hippos who sat around the, the big board table and gobbled everything up. That's what we're that's what we're seeing, and we're seeing the effects of that uh, in Blizzard today. Obviously, this was not taken very well. Uh, Blizzard had to do this emergency fireside chat to like calm everybody from the last um, patch that just kind of like made a big mess of basically everything. And um, and yeah, the, a lot of this info came out, which didn't even make them look better because it was just like, wait, you're doing what now? And it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. So. So yeah, that is um, that is something that is that is the way that big corporations run. But thankfully, we're seeing that for some strange reason, Bethesda and places like Larian are not um, suffering from the same problem. Uh, and of course, with Starfield, we have to put a little bit of a caveat on that. We haven't played it yet. We don't know for sure. Uh, but it looks it's looking great. But we've seen other games look great before. So we'll, we'll wait until we actually have it in our hands. Yeah, and uh, we only we don't have very much longer to wait. It's just uh, what a month and two weeks until start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Geez, like little Louise. little under two months now, and that's very exciting. I mean, again, I really do think, you know, I really do think that it's just it, it's the it's a changing of the of the of the industry, and I think we're gonna we're gonna see that more and more because we have games coming out from like one and two man you know, teams, um, that's just a general description of people. I don't know. Contenders. Right. Uh, but you have these small studios pumping out really great content in, in games that are genuinely really cool and interesting. And then you do have these giant studios who are making games that are, are putting other studios who have more people and way more money at their disposal, th- theoretically way more money at their disposal to make something, to make a product, and yet we're not seeing that. What we're seeing is this this uh, this bizarre thing where, you know, these, these people are like, you know, make the cheapest thing we possibly can and then sell it for the most amount of money as we can. And it's just, it's not the way that the any system is designed. But you think that it's going to change for the better? Like I what? think it, I think... I think by seeing what we're going to see with uh, both Bethesda and Larian is we're going to see what, and we we've already seen it, right? So we had, you know, we had Diablo four come out this year. Um, everybody was really excited and they played through it. The story was like, the story was like good. I asked most people like, Hey, well, how do you feel about the story? What do you feel about the experience? And most people say, yeah, it was okay. It was good. That was, that's the average response I get. I don't get, Oh, it was so amazing. Like it was like we're talking like season one of of uh, Invincible or um, you know the the first the first season of Witcher or you know any of those like big monumental like uh, things. Yay, we got the season two of Invincible coming out soon. Yay! Yeah. Um, so we we you know they they have they don't have that like that staying power, which is what I think we're gonna get most definitely from Baldur's Gate. Yes. Baldur's Gate is going to have the probably one of the most impactful storylines I think we'll ever see that's tailored to your play experience mm-hmm. and how you tailor if you if you take the time to actually like if you're not like you know as Vivo literally like video types where it's like guy runs up to the NPC and, he, and the NPC is like 
Ah, adventurer, you've shown up and skip, 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 accept, and then they run off, do the quest, come back, you know, that kind of stuff. As long as you don't do that, as long as you take time to, like, understand what's going on, you're going to have this amazing experience. And I think that there's going to be some really hard decisions that you have to make. And it's really going to come down to, like, that effect on how uh, gaming is going to change because of the way that it makes us feel. And then with smaller games, the smaller studios like um, the uh, Torment, Halls of Torment, that's the big one right now, mm-hmm. where it's like Halls of Torment is made by, I believe it's two people. I, I could be wrong, though. But it's one of these small team developers who made something that is, again, it's it's sort of similar in the, the Vampire Survivors type genre, but it's like really well made and really well done. And I think we're going to see more and more and more of that as uh, as we as the industry faces a i don't know what to call it like like a call like Like i hope it's not a calling or like a reckoning in some ways i think that's it and i think that that comes from this idea that you know a lot of these studios have just been putting a lot of empty work into a lot of games like i I, for for the life of me i don't understand how fifa was a thing for the longest time i really don't it's so weird that 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 it's like hey buy this game again like, <laughs> what new features does it have? Oh, you're gonna love this. It's got more loot boxes. It's got more loot, more loot boxes. Yep. It's, does it have like an improvements in gameplay? Not really. Does it have better character <laughs> models? Not really. It's, it's one of those great mysteries of life, man. Like why the Saw franchise continues to be successful, or why Cardi B is considered good music. I- <laughs> I don't get it, but uh, on the bright side, like you were just saying, there's a whole bunch of the the indie scene uh, has seen a great surgence of above average games. Not not like the type of stuff that you would tend to expect coming from indie developers, like mm-hmm. like one mind blowing huge success like an Among Us and Minecraft and then a whole bunch of other stuff. No, there's a lot of really progressive, really interesting ideas coming from the indie scene. Plus, it's not just the Ubisoft and uh, the EAs and the blizzards of the world that we're dealing with right now. A lot of mainstream studios are giving us some really great products, especially in this past year. We've gotten, ironically, Dead Space uh, remake. We got Resident Evil 4 remake. We got Hogwarts Legacy. We got uh, Final Fantasy 16, which was great, uh, although... Pretty much anything else that comes out from Square Enix nowadays will be crap. But, you know, take the wins where you can get them. And then we got Baldur's Gate 3. We got Armored Core 6. We got Starfield, uh, Lies of P, Spider-Man 2, Alan Wake 2, uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Like uh, Super Mario RPG Remake, which looks great. So much great stuff to look forward to. So while we're talking about all this stuff, guys, just keep in mind that you got to take the good with the bad. And uh, especially when you can get it, because up until like this year, we've had a a lot of stuff to complain about as gamers. But uh, yeah, like Saib says, it seems like things generally are going on an upward trend for games. Don't stop being vigilant, though, as you always have been. All right. Uh, (laughs) We talked about this one last week. Wondering what yeah. the hell was going on. So I, sometimes I wonder if people listen to our show. People who are I, part of this. I, I like to fantasize. No, not really. People don't. People. At I, I do wonder if 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 a certain uh, head of a studio listens to me 
and goes, oh, okay, that does it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make him regret saying that. Hey, hey, man, launch the product, launch the product. Because <laughs> it was realize. literally like, it was literally like 48 hours after, um, after we were like, where is the the Borderlands movie? Yeah. Like, it's had all these big names attached to it. You would have thought that it would have come out like here or there or you know whatever. And uh, no, I actually like obviously I should have said to myself probably should wait till after San Francisco Comic Con because if they're going to do a big launch of a movie, probably that is going to be the point where they're going to launch it. Like obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, th- that was that was what that was that was what happened. Well, so, it, can you even really call it a big launch? It's just it's a movie poster with a release date on it. No, no, there's a there's a like no, there's th- a little bit more to it. I, I really there was there was uh, there was a, a presser, I believe, and some other stuff. So, okay, okay, well, not stuff that was released to the public. It was San Diego Comic Con secrecy stuff where they only showed it to the people that showed up, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, gotcha. I, mean, I would say I would say that it's sort of a. It was a big splash to the way that the the way that movies are are marketed that are in this caliber. It's like they do have some big names to this, but I don't think they have. Um, I don't think they have like a two hundred million dollar budget. So I could be wrong on that, though. I'm actually checking right now. Yeah, I'm curious as to how big the budget for this sucker is because, like, I don't know. Is Eli Roth the type of guy that you give? Eli Roth is the guy who's directing the movie. Is he the type of guy they hand over two hundred million dollars? Because his movies aren't some one or two of them are not bad, but most of them aren't that great. I think like the only movie that I liked of his was an early one he did called Well, you know, Hostel. That one was yeah. was surprisingly disturbing, and that comes from somebody who doesn't get disturbed by horror movies at all. But like, okay, I'm looking at his uh, Rotten Tomatoes here. Yeah, like, uh, and the stuff that he's directed. He directed The Green Inferno, which was not a good movie. It was just disgusting. Knock Knock. What the hell is that? Uh, Death Wish, that really crappy remake with Bruce Willis. Uh, yeah, and then somehow he gets Borderlands. Like, okay. Uh, did you find out? It's the way that Hollywood stuff works, man, and it, and it it can honestly be weird. And no, we don't have a, a a confirmation on the exact budget of the of the movie. There's lots of conflicting reports. I'm seeing uh, 55 million, 20 million, uh, 15 million, 45 million. Uh, so I think it's mostly like rumors right now and like uh, ballpark estimates, basically. Um, I hear people saying, "Oh, it'll make a hundred million on its on its debut weekend." Like all this other stuff, it's like, oh, that's that's a that's a serious question that I would call in. Yeah, that I would I would find reason to doubt at the moment. So, yeah, weird. Okay, yeah, I I don't know, man. Like, based on everything that we've heard about this movie, like I'm glad that. With just this little bit that they're showing some confidence, like, hey, we have a release date, but you know how easily release dates can be shifted, even in the movie industry. And uh, yeah, but like what we talked about last week doesn't really change. They got Craig Mazin, who's done a wonderful job with Chernobyl and The Last of Us. 
taking his name off the project, which isn't a good sign. I don't know. Maybe they'll pull a miracle out of their hats and be able to get something to work. Uh, but I'm not really holding out hope. Do, do you have yeah. any hope? Um, I don't because they don't have... I, I don't see any, like, notable... Like, the, the director. I really... I really doubt whether Eli could pull it off. He doesn't strike me as a gamer. He doesn't strike me as somebody who who knows absolutely everything about the universe. I think this is going to be one of these things where it's a Hollywood version of something. And we've seen how that can work. We saw how that worked for, for Dungeons & Dragons. Um, it, Dungeons & Dragons wasn't a trendsetter nor a... Wait, which Dungeons & Dragons? The new one the, or the, the old one? <laughs> The the new one, the new one, obviously. Okay, um, I would have, if it were me, I would have stuck with some like well known like lore centric characters, really like really built on it. I for the life of me, I don't understand how when you have something like D and D, how you can so poorly run mis misrun the the whole thing when you have such amazing people tied to the universe and it's and creating stuff and and why you keep alienating those same people it's like it's it's very bizarre um and that's the one fear that i have about Baldur's gate is that it is attached to a very mishandled poorly run um you know very angry words that i could say about a number of their choice recent choices uh but i'll try and refrain from getting too insulty but um yeah it's just it's just i think and it wasn't bad and so this one i think might be the same thing where it's not bad it's you know it's like a it's a good flick but it doesn't carry any of the original lore doesn't carry any of the the really profound moments i don't see um which which again some people might say this is a good thing so i and that is like i i'm not seeing a angel the the character angel the the satellite person thing yeah uh not seen her anywhere in the credits or in the listing so it could be that they're just dropping that part it is a little it's a little weird like it's, it's a little weird is smiling face that looks at you whispers things into your consciousness it's like that's a that's a little weird ish i i was never like she's cute yes but it's like i never really like i always felt that there's something missing from that but um yeah, it, it's. I don't have a lot of faith in this. That's what I I'm feeling. I think that it at best it'll be like, oh yeah, it's like a a decent like weekend yeah. thing. But then that's it. Doesn't really doesn't tee up a second one. Doesn't tee up an expanded universe. Doesn't tee up anything that they're going to work with the games on. You want to look at at good gaming products that do that. I think that um, I think that the expanse is doing that really well in the reverse order of course you know they started in you know tv and they're moving into games and they have oh. uh, they have one game coming out where you're playing as um i can never remember her name but it's the very angry uh um uh belter who who's you know who try is trying to like keep her people safe but you play as her and and you will see you know kind of the, the character that she develops it's it's kind of like it's in the form of like the, the um, this like heavy choice, you know, driven games. So it's like, we're going to see stuff like that. I think we're going to see other products that, 
you know, again, again, flipping the coin, we're going to look at, I, I'm hoping, hoping against hope, we mention this all the time, Fallout, I hope the Fallout does it right, but Fallout is made by a dude who played Fallout and who has played every and knows almost everything about the lore. Good. Like I, I saw somebody, I can't remember if it was a, if it was a video or if it was just somebody recounting the event, but he, I, and he like tested him on his like follow the director. This is the director of the TV series nailed every single question that the guy had and even managed to like surprise him with stuff that he didn't know about the universe, about the in canon universe that had been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. Obviously the, the in canon universe is a little, there's some holes in it here and there, but, and they're going to hopefully patch those holes soon. No more, uh, no more ghoul children in, in refrigerators. (laughs) please yeah that was kind of weird but um yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping i'm hoping i'm hoping that it's going to be good and i think i think that's what we can kind of look at with this is that you know we're hoping that it's good but it's probably just going to be another like very hollywood washed thing yeah so maybe maybe not i don't know we'll see yeah let's just uh well i guess the next one that we should be hoping is good is twisted metal which comes out in the next few days but if not yeah. fallout will be the next one yeah um I, even if borderlands ends up sucking guys it seems like the trend that we're on right now is that people tend to be taking well studios seem to be taking these properties more seriously nowadays they see franchise potential ip is king nowadays and if you can branch your ip into every form of media and make the biggest bang for your buck then uh, studio execs are going to do it, and they're going to be serious about it. So we got Last of Us, we got Sonic, we got Fallout coming out, and I'm sure, oh, Arcane did really well, Castlevania did really well, and uh, it seems to be going on an upwards trajectory. So even if Borderlands doesn't do well, we have uh, other projects that are coming down the pike, and they do look pretty decent. Now, come on, Metal Gear, let's get some Metal Gear. All right, and then what was the last thing? Oh, yes, good news, Uh, Spider-Man 2, going back to mentioning that before that's a game that's coming out and uh yeah i'm god i can't believe i'm only gonna have three days to get through alan wake 2 uh it's gotta be the most stressful and most wonderful 72 hours of my life <laughs> like seriously i'm gonna be playing through that game straight uh just so i can quickly do videos on it and then go play spider-man 2 because Cybe, holy crap does this game look good they are putting in improvements in every possible like all the best possible ways they're expanding the map they're keeping the map but they're expanding the map they're giving spider-man and miles miles morales the spider-man the upgrades that i want them to have i didn't think that i would want spider-man to have a wingsuit but now i do and i don't think i'm ever going to be able to go back to the original spider-man game after this game because it's just such a genius idea one thing that we haven't really been clear on though, in regards to uh, one aspect of Spider-Man 2's story. Uh, Like, we know Kraven's going to be in there because we learned about that last June. He's going to be sort of the main focal antagonist. One sort of lingering question that we've had since the ending of Spider-Man 1, released back in 2018, I think it was, was, well, we know Venom is going to be in there, which is good. Venom's awesome. Mm -hmm. But... Who is Venom? Because Venom has had many hosts. Uh, Obviously, the most popular one, I think, is Eddie Brock. 
that was the one they went with in the movie, tragically played by Topher Grace. Uh, there's Flash Thompson Venom. There's uh, I think there was a Mysterio Venom at one point. But he, he, the point is he's had many different hosts. Uh, and we weren't sure if they were going to go stereotypical uh, this time around. Well, Insomniac released a Spider-Man 2 story trailer this past week. And it seems like we got our answer, side. It's Harry. Harry Osborn. Which, looking back, yeah, that makes sense. We, we didn't see... I, I, was Harry in the first game? I don't think he was. I think it was just Norman Osborn, right? I don't know. That is a good question. Right. I... I'm not sure. Well, uh, whatever the case may be, I, I, it seems to me that Harry is dealing with some sort of disease, maybe cancer, and Norman is going to try and save him by what, using the Venom symbiote to enhance him physically. Okay, that makes sense. I'm all about it. Um, it's just... I, I mean, it is, it is so... So here's the thing with Venom that I, that I, I found really... It's, it's really odd. Yeah, Venom can, um, as far as I I know, understand on the current like mechanics of his his abilities, he can take over somebody's body, yeah, cure them of anything, including missing organs, and then leave the host, and they're now fine. Uh... That sounds like one of the most like he, dude should work in a hospital. He would have an all you can eat buffet of as many bad limbs or bad, you know, uh things that he could possibly want. Um but he would eat them. And in, yeah, he would eat them, but then he can like grow like better ones back again. No, no, my point is that he would eat them and then he'd go and eat everybody else in the hospital. <laughs> Cuz that's well, who Venom is. <laughs> But I mean, he's sort of a good guy, right? Like, well, in, in the recent stuff, isn't he sort of like a? He's like a sort he's of. He's like, an anti-hero, but that's not because you know, it, it, yeah. Like, but Sony's sort of been messing that up, in my opinion. But he's not traditionally. He's not. He like the best you could say is that he's an anti-hero. Yeah, but he's almost always in every other case a villain because that's but who he is. I guess, but it's so it's so weird when you have these characters, right? It's like, and it's pointed out in um, in uh, I, I found this was really interesting. I was watching uh, My Hero Academia, okay, and there's a there's a there's one there's an there's a small time villain in in the story where it's like the dude can literally like he could literally be one of the most wealthiest people on the planet if he wanted to, but he's not because he. He just really wants to be a a C a C tier villain. It's like, dude, you could literally become one of the most wealthy people on the planet. And he's like, nah, nah, I wanna I wanna rob people because that's who I am. And it's like, holy crap, talk about a a missed opportunity there. So I I don't get that. I mean, I guess I sort well, of get it. I guess like it's, it's just. People have different things they want to do with their lives. Some people True. want to <laughs> become extremely wealthy. I, Some people want to just become a serial killer. Uh, I don't endorse the latter, but you know, you get my point. This is this is true. This, I, I often I often forget. You know, I really need to update my subroutines. I mean, like I'm a really simple person. Like all I want in life is a 
toilet made out of solid gold, but it's just, you know, it's not in the cards. Now, is it? I, I believe you can go to the um, next time you're in New York, I, go to Trump Tower. <laughs> no, no, no. The, there's an easier one to get to. It's yeah. in the um, what's the place where they put all the really cool, like historical stuff in the States. It's it's like a museum. But oh, it's like uh, a, Smithsonian. Yeah, the Smithsonian. You, there's a golden toilet you can use in the, in the Smithsonian. But I, I, I want to own it. You know, oh, I don't well, want to use somebody else's golden toilet. That I can't help you with. I, I have it. not figured out how to get that out of the bathroom without, you know, setting off all the alarms. Yeah, but he, you've certainly tried. <laughs> I have I have certainly tried to figure that one out. It, it how not, the hell? Not very good. I, I'm sorry. How do we get from Venom to talking about a golden toilet? <laughs> just, just, he's got a golden ticket for, like, dude could be like, Yes, I will heal the right. Like all right. The, all, yeah. Yes, all the old people who, all the old super wealthy people, you know, he could be like, "Hey, uh, give me a billion dollars and I'll fix your all of the health issues that's going to kill you in the next like six months." And of course they would, because why not, right? Like it's like, well, uh, uh, oh no, I really want to die with forty-eight billion dollars instead of forty-seven billion dollars. Oh no, to heaven's Betsy! It's like. You, you'd think, again, that, that in all the people that that would buy for him to be able to eat. Again, it just it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me. But I hope that Harry um, in this one is going to be better and they're going to do it right. So, yeah, crossed. I mean, like he was Harry was good in the first two Spider-Man movies and they kind of screwed him over in the third one. And then they mm-hmm. had Harry Osborn in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which even though Dane DeHaan did a good job playing him, his storyline wasn't all that great. But yeah. if there's anybody on this planet that I trust with the Spider-Man license, it's Insomniac. I have no doubt in my mind that they'll be able to write the story of Harry and, I, I don't know, Peter's interactions with him in a way that's emotionally compelling and much in the same way that the whole um, Peter and uh, Dr. Octavius or Peter and May storylines were in the first Spider-Man game. And it uh, looks like that's what they're aiming for. And I have all the faith in the world that they'll be able to do that. Although I will say, side, if they have more of those Mary Jane missions, there's going to be hell to pay. I'm, yep. I'm not tolerating that crap this time around, especially when you have both Spider-Man and Miles. So no Mary Jane, unless you're turning her into Spider-Mary Jane, um, which I don't know. I Again, I trust Insomniac. Yeah. Any, so so yep. just a quick question. Just a quick question. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Mary Jane being Red Sonia? What? That's that's a that is a plot point in one of the recent comic books, is it not? Uh, I, I haven't heard about that. No. <laughs> OK, well, theoretically, then, what do you think about the idea of Mary Jane being transported back in time to become Red Sonia? I mean, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Uh, but uh, if, like, with anything, I would just say, look, if there's some way that you can extract a good story out of that, sure. Uh, but I don't know. What do you think? I I like. I do like it when ordinary characters get a superpower. Sure. Like I, I like they did I, that good. With, I, they did that good with Spider Gwen. Yeah, like, like I like I like I know a lot of people trash on Spider Gwen, but I actually think she's pretty she's fine. cool. Yeah, she's fine. The, the story, the, like, yes, of course, she could be written poorly by people who don't know how to write at all. But that doesn't mean that the general idea of the character is bad. Um, 
I think that the general idea of, of Gwen is actually kind of cool. I think that a lot of the others, I mean, hey, Spider-Man, no, 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 oh, I can never say this word, noir, is yeah. the best Spider-Man to ever exist in all of the Spider-Man universes. And I demand that they get Nick Nicolas Cage, Cage yes. to do a live action uh, Spider-Noir Spider-Man Noir, because that will probably be one of the greatest films of our lifetime. So, yes, I, I demand that that be done. But no, I, I've Nick, always liked... No, 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 no. Nick Cage voicing Spider-Man Noir. Like, maybe when he puts the mask on, you can hear Nick Cage's voice. But I don't want Nick Cage in the spandex, man, or the tights. The underoos. I mean, Please. you know, he, he did do that one suit up for uh, Superman. And I mean, you know, he didn't look anything like Spider-Man Yeah, but that was 30 years ago, dog. I'm talking about 2023. <laughs> it's uh, Nick Cage. Like, I like Nick Cage, so man. bad. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. I, but, I mean, I mean, if they were to do, like, a spinoff of Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. with Nick Cage noir, hell yes. But live action, I, I, I'm good. <laughs> And I, I say that as somebody who worships at the altar of Mr. Nicholas Cage. Um, but yeah, not much else really to say. Just like October 20th and today it is July 20th. So just under three months. Yeah, let's uh, not very much longer to look forward to. And this trailer just uh, amps up my hype even more. So love yeah. you, Insomniac. And I look very much forward to Wolverine after that. All right. Pretty short episode. Uh, not really that much going on. Unfortunately, in the world of movie, uh, video game news, hopefully things will start to pick up, though, in the next couple of weeks, especially with the release oh, yeah. of Baldur's Gate, which we are going to be covering, and uh, Armored Core 6, which I completely forgot is coming out in a month side. I'm playing the crap out of that. And then, obviously, oh. the the nightmare that's going to be spite, uh, September and October, the jubilous nightmare. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned to the Triple S podcast uh, channel and the Triple S League channel, which uh, I will get side to plug in a second. Um, so yeah, subscribe. Make sure you give this video a like if you liked this uh, this video. It not only helps out this particular video, but it also helps out all the other videos on this channel. Pass them around, YouTube algorithm, you get the drill. Uh, I want to thank Saib, as always, for <laughs> for his, his uh, lovely, insightful commentary um, and for helping me figure out where I can find a golden toilet. Uh, Saib, so, <laughs> uh, can you tell people about the main Triple S League channel real quick? Uh, well, this, this so we we are going to be experimenting with bringing back the podcast onto the main Triple S League channel. So okay. do check out our our list of channels. Go to the Triple S League channel. We have several other channels. Uh, one is popping off called Cinometry. Ash has been covering um, uh, Futurama. If you're a Futurama fan, please check that out. It is growing like crazy, like absolutely crazy. Put drop the video the other day and. Um, time a refresher was like up another thousand views so that's been going absolutely bonkers he's been loving it he's been really uh, enjoying that so yeah check that out check out our other content and yeah we're going to be having a bunch of content revolving around of course starfield and Baldur's gate we're going to be doing a, a whole ton of videos on that and we still have a handful of videos coming out more on uh, jagged alliance so we've still got some of that so check that stuff out we've got a, a bunch of new games coming um all of these things are it's going to be a crazy and we're going to try our best to try and like uh, pinpoint the best of this year in gaming. Nice, yeah. I'm I'm looking at scenometry right now. It's uh, man, 
He's kicking ass. Good job, Ash. And uh, you guys could just find me on all the regular forms of social media, just at Max Derrett. I will put links to my YouTube channel, my like all my stuff, and the Triple S League channel in the description box below. Thanks, guys. And until we do this again next week, I want to remind you, as always, and as per usual, stay yellow. <laughs>